welcome to another episode of Block Talk. I'm your host as always, Michael Block. If you love the podcast, make sure you subscribe or wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode and leave a five-star review while you're there. We love a Linktree because it's got all the ways you can help support Block Talk. Visit linktree.com slash michaelblocktalk to click on the links. We've got a link to Redbubble where you can purchase all of your Block Talk merchandise from t-shirts to mugs to hoodies to totes available in a variety of styles. Another link has all the platforms you can listen to podcasts plus links to PayPal, Venmo, and buy me a coffee should you feel the desire to tip a host. And as always, follow me on Instagram, threads, and TikTok at michaelblocktalk on Twitter slash NYC for all the latest news, reviews, and interviews. It's time to celebrate Drag Race's Super Sweet 16 in a split premiere. The MTV Spring Break Talent Show may have been center stage, but it was the new twist that got all the attention. It's time to talk all things Drag Race 16, and that's the tea. Joining me to rate the queens is the super fabulous and super adorable Jeremy. How are you? Hello, I'm doing well. It is, oh my God, what day is it today? Today's Monday? Today's Monday. Today's yeah. Monday, and it's going, but no, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. New Year, same struggles. You know, it'd be like that. It'd be like that. It really is. Um, Friends, let's just get the disclaimer out of the way because this is the first episode of the new year. I'm going to say it normally. As always, I must leave this disclaimer. This is an entertainment podcast. We are discussing reality television show characters as presented to us through reality television production. We are shown what the editing of a television show wants us to see. We react to what is presented. Yes, these are real people that have been given the opportunity to go on television to share their craft, but they've also put themselves in a position to be discussed. What is said in this podcast is for entertainment to discuss a reality television show. And I put it out there. Because we are here to entertain and discuss and have a good time. Some things are positive, some things are negative, but that's what happens when you critique art. Thanks. Now, speaking of critiquing art, you can critique my writing more now as I am officially a reality TV feature writer for the website Collider. Hey. I'm very excited for the opportunity. I'm glad to be writing again in this capacity. Um, And it's not bad for $30 an article. So I'm very happy about that part about it. Um, But yeah, you can hear me talk about Survivor. You'll see me talk about the traders featuring Miss Peppermint. Uh, You'll see me talk about Drag Race. We got a lot to discuss. Um, Speaking of, I guess I got to share some drag news of the week. RuPaul. The RuPaul, the host, the namesake, has won their eighth consecutive Outstanding Host Emmy Award. They are now the most winning person of color. Kind of amazing. Amazing. No, straight up amazing. And we all know damn well, Ruby putting the work in. <laughs> yeah. The bitch is busy, and the bitch doesn't know what she's doing, but she's busy doing it. Now, let's talk about Drag Race Season 16, Part 1, Premiere. What did you think? Give me some ideas. Don't spoil everything, but tell me what you thought. I honestly, I loved it. Um, I may be tired of a split premiere. Maybe. Mm -hmm. 
I may be also a little tired of a talent show, but I was entertained. I was living for the queens and performers. That's what I got on it. Yeah. But I, I did love it. I, I think it was, it was fun. It was a fun, it was a fun premiere. The split premiere is interesting because us as Americans, this is our show. This is, we, we are the voyeurs for the other franchises across the globe. But American, this is our show. We've had this split premiere or or um, breakup of a premiere for a while now. It is a little tired. But that's what happens when you have 14 to 16 contestants and you need to not speed things up and, and take away from their time. But you also can't have a two-hour premiere plus untucked though i'm still an advocate to get rid of untucked um so i understand why we do what we do but it's boring except when we got to the rate of queen yes yes i agree agree i'm here for that we'll talk more about it but i think we need to figure out maybe we have to dial it back Maybe 16, 14 queens is too much. 13, we can we can handle it. Other franchises have done handling and they're 13. 12 might be the sweet spot. I don't know. The show's so showing no signs of slowing down. We don't need to throw in extra queens just to fill time in a 16-week order. You can have non-elimination weeks on a 14-person cast and a 12-person cast and a 13-person cast and st- still feel satisfied. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah it makes sense. And I, I I think about, like, you know, the split premiere does give folks ample time to, like, for the audience to get to know who the who these uh, performers are um, and what they're here to do. Uh, but there's also other ways to do it that's not a split premiere, right? So think about, I think, thinking critically about how they show off the folks that are on the show throughout the series without being, like like you said, right? Without being, like, Maybe not every week is elimination week, and maybe we have some episodes that we're not limiting anyone to we get to know who these contestants are. Exactly. Um, because when you can sense a filler queen too early on, you just feel bad for them. And it then takes away from the story arcs of the people you need to learn about later on. Exactly. But drag is mainstream. We love drag race and we love to see this many contestants because it gets that many more viewers onto the show. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I just love seeing new new folks, new faces like or like, you know, um, being hyped up to know that some folks, you know, are on the show and you're like, yes, go go off. Yeah. Except if one's your mortal enemy, but that's a whole different story. We'll talk about that next week. All right, friends, let's get into it. They are back, and this time they're doing things a little bit differently, and so are we. Rather than the extensive beat-by-beat, moment-by-moment, line-by-line recap you are used to, we are going to loosen things up a little bit. It's going to be a little more open conversation. We'll see how it goes in this first part. It's still going to be a little formulaic, but we're, we're going to try to open it up a bit more. You are my guinea pig, Jeremy. Are you willing to go on this journey with me? I'm willing. I'm willing for this journey, this adventure. Let's go. Cue the music because the show is about to start. 
It's Q, and she tells us she is the one and only letter of the alphabet that you need to know from now on. She says she is an artist, a diva, and beyond, and she says she is known for fashion and everything is made by her. She says she always serves a look and is the grandest in the room. First impressions on Miss Egghead. Uh, for her first impression, she made a statement. <laughs> she made a statement. Um, love the energy she was giving off, and oh my god, that that outfit. Loved it. I loved it. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's talk about look by Q. I like it. I don't love it. Um, and it's mostly because the proportions. Yes, it's big. It's drag. While she does have an exposed corset, it is part of the ensemble. It serves a purpose. I think the shoulder piece is grand, but it actually might be a bit too much for me. The stockings, not my favorite. And when you do have such big shoulders and such a tiny wig, something does feel off. From what we've seen so far from her... That seems to be her thing. She doesn't do big drag hair. So maybe that's going to be a battle for me to go on with her as long as she is in this competition. But there, there's something about the proportions that I'm finding a little unnerving. Mm -hmm. And I think it's something that they will um, probably throughout the season, hopefully, uh, see that we might see that shift and change just a mm -hmm. bit. Um, depending on, again, depending on the critiques that um they may or may not get or you know feedback other contestants have maybe during on top <laughs> listen sometimes you need to open up the criticism um the judges can say the things but it's the queens who should have a say and we'll get to it don't you worry i'm excited oh y'all y'all ain't ready <laughs> i'll give it a toot i also give it a toot audience agrees 93% toot 7% poot yeah, the natural disaster has arrived. Her name is Tsunami Muse, and she is the Latina diva of New York. She says she looks like she just stepped off a runway, and anything she wears is always chef's kiss. All right, Jeremy, this is our first New York diva of the program. I don't know her personally. I've known of her for many, many years. I've known many good friends who've competed against her. I've seen videos uh, we just have never really had a moment to connect. Have you been one to watch Miss Muse do her thing? I have. I have. And they, I tell you, um, they can give a performance down, uh, which I love. Mm -hmm. uh, they're always like the times I've, uh, you know, visited back home in New York City or seen them in the show. They give the energy. They they know what they're doing. Um, they know how to work a stage uh, and an audience. So um really excited to see them on tv um but yeah that's that's my extent to how i know them um so yeah i will say from my experience viewing from afar uh what we have seen in show form has been a lot looser than i have known from her uh she seems to be a little more comfortable which is a little bit shocking for someone who is a little bit more grand reserved uh, so I, th I think the, the time has come for her to experience what it means to be free on Drag Race. So I'm excited to see her journey here. The look. No designers listed. I think that rich baby blue color is great. That very muted blue-gray catsuit, not so great. The hair is wonderful. The mug is stamped. I'm just not sure for someone who is a runway model that this is the first impression you want to give. It feels very flat. I just wish the top had a little more bang for its buck. And maybe what we are losing here is 
the femininity of the look there there are no swerves and curves mm -hmm. yeah i agree with that i did not i'm i did not like the pantsuit mm -hmm. um like i was i was talking to friends and it was like i would have loved the look even if they just went like they glistened their like we're not having a top right. on top if we glisten your like show off your chest put some baby oil up in there some glitter um make a statement through like use your use the body that you have and then add proportions on other areas right so like more right. padding probably in the bottom um if you are gonna you know if you are gonna stick with um the pantsuit right so or like uh, um adding uh adding a chest right so thinking about just like, some socks put some socks in there Yep. And not like, and not to like over exaggerate it, right? Just to, you know, give it some definition. Yeah. Because you don't want it to be flat. You want it to have some um, female illusion to it because it has to go beyond the face. Mm -hmm. But oh my God, her face is stamped. Oh, stamped. I, I will give her a soft toot. Also a soft toot on my end. Audience 45% toot, 55% boot. Now, with this being our first girl on girl interaction, and Q will discover that Tsunami is Candy Muse's drag daughter. Tsunami says she is the aggressive muse and Tsunami is the graceful muse. That checks out. It does. <laughs> now, this moment will reveal that Q is from Kansas City while Tsunami is the New York diva, but originally from Panama. I believe she is our first Panamanian queen. I think she might be, yeah. Now, she says she is of African, Indigenous, and Hispanic descent and is a mix of Beyonce and Celia Cruz. Representation matters, don't it? it does, oh, my God. When she, like, gave out, she she just said Celia Cruz. I was like, yes. Yes, I'm living. <laughs> now, what kind of drag does Tsunami do? She's a performer, but is also signed agency model. But we are going to get our first read of the season. What kind of girls are they going to get? Well, Tsunami doesn't want any of those TikTok people. Um, she's talking about you, right? Uh, 100%. 100% about me. So I got to ask. I got to ask. Okay. The TikTok people. Obviously, sugar and spice. Yes. You are much more versed at the world of social media have they just dropped off the face of the planet? Are they no longer doing drag race related things? Do they hate drag race? I don't see them anymore. Yeah. So I, so um, the last I've heard that they're both taking a break um, just because social media just became overwhelming. Um, I think that's what the, the Instagram post they had stated. It's either on sugar or spice um, Instagram post, but they just, taking a little mini break uh from drag don't know when they'll be back um or if they'll did, be back. did drag race break them i think it might have i think they, they wanted it and it's and it's i don't think it's about like negativity or anything but mostly on the end of like you know overexerted to do x y and z now, do you agree with this statement about TikTok people on Drag Race? Because obviously that was a massive sticking point last season. Uh, even beyond Sugar and Spice, we had some uh, TikTok girlies, namely Amethyst, uh, who, who, yeah, they were not the performers of the bunch. Yeah, I mean... Do we need to go back to having a cast of club kids? And I, not by club kids, I mean like look kids, but like people who can perform at a club. I... You know, I, I'm a firm believer of, you know, not everyone has access to get into the clubs to do what they, you know, mm. like to do. 
Um, but that doesn't, that also doesn't mean like, you know, you, you're a TikTok person. Doesn't mean you can't learn from other queens that are local to you, right? Uh, and what does it look like to, how to like get a booking with one of them to be like, hey, can I actually like practice performing? Or, you know, can I show you what I got um, so I can improve or like, you know, things like that. Um, so I think right. it's like, a, it's like a, a dual thing, right? I, I do like, especially for younger folks, right? That are, they're now getting into like drag race, right? They don't have the same, you know, they can't just go to a club, especially you're in the middle of nowhere um, or have access to that. So I think TikTok's op TikTok opens doors for folks. Um, but sure. again, um, there's still room for improvement, right? You can be a TikTok girly and still um, learn from your local queens if you have them. As long as you're open to learning from your local queens. Exactly. Exactly. Wait a second. This place doesn't have a bidet. It's a mandatory meeting. She is blonde, glamorous, and selling it for a very fair price on Hollywood Boulevard. Um, does that mean the OnlyFans is coming? Might be a little bit, maybe. Question. <laughs> um, also, I just I gotta, I gotta tell everyone, I have never used a bidet before. I did once. No, actually, a JK. Not more than once. More than once because my boyfriend. Okay. okay. <laughs> um, I've never used one. I, I don't get how it goes with her name. You know, same. Okay. Same. She says her name comes from all the time she's been called into the boss's office thinking she's about to get fired, but she walks out with a big fat promotion. Ding. She calls her drag bright colors, dramatic shoulders with an 80s influence. Executive realness or just the secretary? Let's discuss it. There are no designers listed. Now, I know Amanda and her drag. She has been on the podcast. In fact, do you all want to know when she came on the podcast for a recap? Drag Race Holland. That tells you everything, friends. It's been a while. What we will see later is what I had originally known her for, but she's trying to now marry them both and give current drag and also this alien superstar drag persona. And that's okay. But to do it on Drag Race and try things out, you're aware of how the Phantom's going to react. And I think that's going to be very interesting to discuss Amanda throughout the season. I think the look is very cute. It's very simple. It's not entrance look worthy. I do like the color story as it does play into the retro futuristic elements she's known for. But baby, we got to call them like we see them. The girls will call her out later, so we will do it now. The breastplate. You cannot do a turtleneck breastplate without a necklace. You especially can't if the shade of your face and neck do not match. Poor girl is going to be remembered for this massive faux pas forever. I yeah yeah I, I mean that's the first thing everyone noticed um when we were watching it it was like oh that that neckline to that breastplate is uh folding and uh we can we can see it's a breastplate uh <laughs> um but uh I can't can I talk about something about about the look of something I I thought that would have matched her name instead I was thinking you know a mandatory meeting Give me an HR outfit. I don't know. Give me a sexy HR outfit. That's what I wanted to see. <laughs> I agree. I agree. And maybe, maybe it's part of the package. Maybe she's got it for another look later on and she didn't want to waste it here. So she you just take something that's in your closet and make it work. Um, unfortunately, again, this is Drag Race. You have to be aware of your full package and your full um, ability to showcase yourself because you might only get 
one day and then your time has come to an end. Um, again, I don't mind the look, but it is definitely giving um, I'm just one week, one and two and maybe a third week of Drag Wars, which she recently did before Drag Race. So listen, she knows her brand there. Unfortunately, I have to give this look a boot. I'm giving it a boot. And I, I say the look only because, and we'll, we'll, you know, I'll save why I, I'm giving it a boot when we get to untuck. <laughs> All right. Audience, 32% toot, 68% boot. Now, what kind of drag does Amanda do? Drag. And Tsunami is like, you sure? <laughs> Amanda has to give it right back as she tells Tsunami to take in the moment as she won't be there long. We love instantly sisterly love. We do. Quick. That was a, that was a, that was a quick attachment. <laughs> it was. Now, I don't, again, I don't know their relationship prior to the show. I would assume knowing inside baseball type things of how the drag scene works. If you are in New York City on a Monday night, Tsunami Muse had this show right before Drag Wars, which a mandatory meeting attended. So their paths most definitely have crossed before. Mm -hmm. The beauty and the booty is here to give everything. Her name is Morphine Love Dion, the Latina goddess of Miami, Florida, and she is there to heat things up. Um, I apologize because my mind just wants to call her Morphin Dion Love, not Love Dion. Like, I don't know why it switches the two. It just makes more sense in my brain. So I apologize when I fuck it up every time. All good, all good. Her drag is all about the mug and also shows off her ass as much as she can. She is the body girl. She says her juicy ass is 100% natural. And by that, she means BBL. Um, girl, come on. Now, Jeremy, I'm going to ask you a personal question. Yep, go right ahead. Do you have any desire to get a Brazilian butt leaf? I mean, you have a very nice behind from what I've been told from other people. Um, But a BBL, is that in your future? That is not in my future. Mine is all natural, all from working out. Yeah. All from working <laughs> out. Okay, okay. And also being a short Puerto Rican person. So There it is. Um, squats, is that your go-to? squats and uh y'all i do 45 minutes stair stepper so if y'all want to get the booty i got just check my twitter um yeah stair stepper is where it's at all right all right let's talk about this look no designers listed now i think she was smart to show off her goods but i also think this look is exceptionally simple feels off the rack but throw some stones on it for good measure I love the Latin flair with the ruffles and the colors. She's got the face card being accepted. Her nails are very musical. I'm just lacking a personality from this look. Swap in another diva's face, nothing changes. In a time where entrance looks can be destroyed in the first challenge, I understand the desire to go simple. But now that we've had two international seasons giving us a judged entrance look, I think we're back to the time we got to step it up again. Yeah, I don't. I, okay, I love I love the mug. I know they made a reference to a celebrity red carpet look. I can't I can't recall who, um, but I don't get personality from here other than you know the the energy that they they are rigging in the commentary, right? Uh, right. But I do think they're gorgeous. Very very pretty. Very very pretty. Very listen. That's a lot of makeup in the um, confessional. It is. <laughs> and we all know that you have to do that every single time you go into a confessional. So I don't know how much time she pleats that face to go do about an hour of uh, chatty chat. But if it works in your schedule, that's 
on you. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I'm going to be a little controversial here and give her a soft boot. I'm also going to give her, I'm going to give her, I'm going to give her a soft toot. Soft. Audience, your side, 53% toot, 47% boot. Okay, okay. We learned that Morphine and Tsunami are good friends. I guess online friends to Kiki friends in New York City. That's how it works, I guess. Mm -hmm. Now, this is important in the sense of alliances later, but we'll get to it. Now, what kind of drag does she do? She tells the girls she's a dancer, and when you are at a Morphine Love show, people are absolutely enticed. Let's see if that's true later on. We're going to find out. Now, it is time for a body off. Amanda says that she's not the real body, and Morphine loves her double A cups. Oh, and she is judging the neckline of the breastplate. Uh, Ray to Queen unlocked a little bit early. Yeah. That was a quick read. They said, oh, we call Very, it very quick read. Now, I feel like in this group, Morphine is the potster. Mm-hmm. At least in the, in the confessional, she is. She's very, very open to talking. Yes, yes. Every that. season needs a villain. I see that. I see that. Now, if you want to talk about real potster with some thing to back it up, cue the vocal warm-up realness. Winner pick has entered the chat. I think this place is haunted. It's Saphira Crystal, and she's Philadelphia's crown jewel. Her hair is big, her drag is big, more is more, and bigger is better. Her performance strengths are she hosts, sings, dances, comedy, acting. What aren't her performance strengths? I don't know, because she is the fucking bomb. I've already mentioned on this story, on this show, the story about how I was supposed to have a little bit of a business meeting with Miss Saphira Crystal um, at therapy, rest in peace. And we talked about a potential project we wanted to collaborate on. And then she's like, would you like a gummy? And I got stoned out of my mind. And I love Safira for that. And that's that's how I will always remember her. But I've been a Safira stand for a very long time. I've seen her perform for very many times. I've watched her journey um, getting crowned Missed America. Um, I, I've known the bitch for a while. And I'm very excited to see her. Give me your first thoughts on Miss Crystal. I mean, I know this queen, so <laughs> um, I really love the fact, uh, the energy that they gave, something fun, um, you know, not being so serious, but also being serious at the same time. I loved it. Um, so yeah, I when I, I first saw Safira perform back in ooh, summer of like 2017 in mm-hmm, Stonewall, mm-hmm. when we were in, um, doing a little gig in, at Stonewall with Honey Davenport. Um, of course. And I... What I loved it. I love. I love the energy they gave. I was also just hanging out with them back in October, uh, when I was helping out Shangela for a show. And I, I all I want to know is that I don't want everyone to know that Sephira, Sephira is the front runner for me. Yep, me too. Her look by Abraham Levy. This is drag. You're going to hear me say that a lot about her, but she is a drag queen's drag queen. She is classic. She is diva. She is grand dame. And she is giving you kill the birds realness. Now, I know this look as dear friend of the pod, Nicole Lonoscopy, had this look in white by Abraham Levy. Um, 2019, I want to say. So this silhouette has been in existence. It's the first time it's been on Drag Race. Why Abraham and Safira decided this is the one we wanted to do together on Drag Race for the opening look. I don't know, but she did it. I think had it been my first time seeing the silhouette, I would be enamored. 
But for me, I'm a bit confused why this is how she's starting off her tenure. I think the fa- the feathers do swallow her up a bit on top. I love the choker, very much part of the Abraham Levy collection. The hair is perfect. It's a good look. I just have a different perspective on this, and that's just a me thing. I love the look. Um, what I did like is the fact that it, there was shape. There was shape in it. Like, this is how you know. You know this is a drag queen, drag queen. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, and I wanted in my brain I was like mm, if someone like Safira is going to be on this show they're going to be prepared because you never know what's going to happen on mm-hmm. this show they can go straight to a lip sync and they're like they know they can move in this outfit I will give it a toot toot for me audience 95% toot 5% boot now Safira will be asked if she is a singer and diva you already know she is an opera singer, which Amanda seemed to know. Do we know if they know each other prior to the race? Now, for those who are unaware, Amanda is a theater girly, so she has definitely been um, in that universe. I don't know if Safira has done like theater theater and been like in audition rooms in the sense where Amanda has. Uh, so maybe there's that crossover. But um, to be fair, anyone on the East Coast, um, especially if you lived in New York long enough, and did drag you know who Safir Crystal is? Yep, yep. From literally, yeah, the whole East Coast. <laughs> Safir sings jazz, opera, R and B. If she's singing, she can do it and win the talent portion, which she has done before. Tsunami can sense she will be tough competition, and Safir is like, there is no competition. I mean, at this moment in time, she's not wrong. She's not. She's not. Safir Crystal is a living, breathing, walking, talking, moving miracle. Check that. I really, really was excited by her first presence on the show. I wonder how people who don't know her are going to take her in. Mm-hmm. Scared for that. I, you know, from folks that I've interacted with, the comments that I've heard were like not the best. And I was like, oh, you don't know who she is. And, right. this, and she's going to show you who she is on this show. Let's move on to our next queen. I hope you trash bags are ready to lose. Her name is Mirage, and she is the legs of Las Vegas. Her drag is colorful, calling it a stripper who shops at Claire's. She pulls her inspiration from Vegas with feathers, stripper shoes, and big, giant titties. We are really living in a big titty world. Thank you, Jimbo. <laughs> Jimbo's impact. Um, The only designers here I have um, are the bracelets by mirage because she said it but honestly i live for this it's 90s raver girl all in acid the transformation from out of drag to in drag is remarkable oh my god mm-hmm. i think her mug is beautiful the color story is right is it on the simpler side yes but it's on purpose she does give me filler vibes based on the look very amethyst fashion nova dolls kill realness but i think she's got a personality and a perspective that does step it up a bit is this a legendary look no but it suits her just fine it for me it's giving uh fun it's fun they they are having fun with drag um they know who they are that based on the look they know who they are and what they are going to to bring um it I I was telling uh, my friend, I was like, ooh, it's giving me Hot Topic vibes. Take me back to high school. Yeah. Well, it was a little brighter, colorful for Hot Topic, but I get it. I I know what you do. 
a uh, scene Spencer's kid. maybe. Little scene kid. Little scene mm-hmm. kid. I will give this look a toot. Toot for me. Audience, 71% toot, 29% boot. Now she will hear the whispers of let's hate her, but she is choosing not to address them. Good for you. Tell them they're trash and prove it on later. <laughs> now Mirage follows Zunami on Instagram as well as Morphine. Do they follow her back? I'm assuming not. You know, based on that, I don't think, because, you know, it's a response of, uh, do I follow you? And we know, we know this from from New York City or New York City drag and just drag in general. A queen knows when they follow you back. (laughs) It's true. Now. Tsunami says she's giving a centric chaotic allure and morphine has gotten chaotic before. And I could see that. Is it bad being called chaotic? Nah, I don't think so. Personally. (laughs) Morphine describes her as if a Crayola box melted and threw it all against the wall. Does that make sense? It makes sense to me. And it's giving that. (laughs) It's true. It is true. Morning Mood by Edward Greig plays because rise and shine, motherfuckers. It's dawn. What a cutie with a potty mouth. Dawn is the ethereal elf goddess of Brooklyn. Yes, she is. She is known for turning big look silhouettes and for extravagant, never before seen. And she tells us she makes all her own clothes, styles her own wigs, designs everything. And I say, let's check that when we discuss the design teams each week because false advertising. But she feels so pussy. I, oh my gosh. I, she looks so cute coming in and I was, I was living for, I was that makeup, that, that makeup. It's, it's, okay, let's talk about the look. Yeah. Look by Dawn, hair by wigs by Boba. I think this is who Dawn is and it shows, and she is giving you signature mugs. She's giving you a bit of camp with all that forest nymph in one. I love the hair as it can work for this mythical creature or fully feminine look. The colors and fabrics are so specific and wacky and perfect. She's got leather and fur, so perhaps a cow was harmed in the making of this look because then the purse is cowhide, brilliant. I think Dawn will give a specific and unique perspective. Will she get compared to petite ethereal beings like Denim and Willow Pill? You bet. But that's the new drag trend, and I expect the world to be attempting their own Dawn mug. Mm-hmm. I think I think after this season, the amount of new performers will be imitating a, a version of Dawn makeup. Which I love. And, and, which I love. Like, and again, I don't know her origin story. I don't know how she started, who her influences were, or any of that fun stuff. But you you, you can see there is Willow Pill within this. You can see there is Crystal Method within it. It's not a negative. It's not a mark on originality. It just means there's an evolution to how drag can be performed and presented. Because this kind of mug 10 years ago, you would be literally called a clown and not be allowed in a club. Yep. And you know what what this is giving me? This is giving me, I, I don't know if you've uh, you know, some of those parties that there happened that happened in New York City, those like club kids style, right? But like going a little bit more far out um when it comes to like how you present yourself in these parties. Right. I'm gonna give it a toot. Toot for me. Audience 96% toot, 4% boot. 
Once again, a follower meeting with follow. Don has been following Q forever, and they will admire each other as Don knows that Q is an amazing seamstress and designer, so expect a head-to-head -head battle between these two. Because you know Design Challenge is probably coming up very soon. Oh, and that's going to be an exciting one. Let's be real. That's going to be exciting. The alarm sounds. The girls know immediately it is a split premiere. Um, if you know the history of Drag Race Tamar, it is a split premiere. Though season 15, I will say, was an unofficial split premiere because they did all happen with one, one singular episode. But let's not discuss that hot mess of a thing. <laughs> okay. Are you, are you are, Jeremy, are you ready to discuss Rue video look of 2024? I'm ready. <laughs> it's executive realness, but also... I'm so lazy to get in anything extravagant. I'm filming 12 hours of these videos for all the franchises across the globe. Yep. Uh, watch there be, watch, watch there be that same outfit, look, everything. All happen. It will. Oh, it will. A different season. On a different and the thing franchise. is, RuPaul, I guess, doesn't realize that I watch it all and does not realize that I, I now, because you do this, can't figure out what's what anymore because it, there's no delineation. But I guarantee you when UK vs. The World happens and we get our first video message from Rue, it's this. It's this fucking look. It's going to be that look. It's going to be that look. And it's just so strange to me because, again, it's a white wig, black top. Why is that the go-to two years in a row? They said it's easy. I'm going to just sit here and just do all of these pre, pre before. I, I feel like these are pre-recorded before they even start getting people in there. <laughs> Possibly. It's possible. All right. Rue arrives in train conductor realness. Will they be pulling a train later? RHR will say something about that. Um, okay. Did you notice that the neckerchief was actually a pair of gloves? Yep. I did. <laughs> I think if you just had Rue in the suit, wonderful the hat made it go to a different world and then the, the the scarf really was train conductor how much say does rue have when it comes to the wardrobe because i feel like rue is like are we being camp or are we just going to put me in whatever you call fashion uh i think i think rue has a lot of say in how he wants to present himself on tv so I think all those. Well, just... real, you got us talking about this look. Yep. Yep. Jeremy, <laughs> would you wear it? I don't think I could pull it off. Yeah. I don't think I could pull it off. You can pull it's off a lot nice. of things, but not this one. No. Not this one. No. Mm -mm. It, for me, it's just. Yeah. No. Not my vibe. <laughs> Rue will welcome them to season 16 and part of her family as one of her girls. As the first seven queens to arrive, she warns them that several many twists, turns, tantrums, and tiaras lie ahead. The winner of RuPaul's Drag Race will receive a one-year supply of Anastasia Beverly Hills Cosmetics plus a gag-worthy grand prize of $200,000 served by Cash App. All right, for this first mini challenge, they will do a photo shoot where they have to sashay their way to Rue's front porch, ring her bell, and pose the house down. Literally. Rue's expecting a big package, so oh, pit crew. All right, so let's go to it. Now, I don't know what set they are filming on from like a defunct movie or TV series, because let's be honest, let's remind ourselves, this was all done during the writer and actor strike. But needless to say, this whole setup was so bizarre. <laughs> so wild. It's also funny that they're like, oh my God, this is Rue's. That's not Rue's house. We have seen that video. We know what Rue's house looks like. A mama, 
Oh, no, no. Rue would not be seen on Main Street USA. <laughs> that mansion that he has on. Ooh, that was a good now, one. The gimmick of this photo shoot is they will be shot via ring camera while Rue is watching from, quote, inside on the iPad. Not creepy at all. <laughs> Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Um, I know that we are all fans of Shot of Florida videos and watching people fail miserably, and especially when it comes to ring video camera footage. Um, I watched one last night where someone literally went to go uh, pick up a package and slid right down those stairs. Um, is that what we're trying to do here? Like, what, what? Why this? What was the point? I think it's probably picking up on that trend that you might see on TikTok of like people uploading their... Um, funny videos that get caught on their their cameras their yeah. their door cameras well let's go through it first up is amanda who is ordered around by rue to pose on her front porch and make rue a satisfied customer surely someone was like maybe this is just a little too early 2000s for us you know <laughs> I, I think someone said, ooh, people want nostalgia. Let's bring this back. <laughs> yeah, HR, get ready. Also, Amanda doesn't know what a door knocker is. So Amanda's going to come closer to the camera, and that close-up shot was camp. That was it was interesting. I was like, oh, I'm seeing everything up in here. So this was a pretty easy photo shoot, right? No twists and turns. As if Rue's neighbor, Love Connie, is making a citizen's arrest because there is another white woman in the neighborhood. I died laughing when she said, <laughs> "Yeah, yeah." All right, Q is up next, and Rue wants to know if Q stands for queef. She will give American Gothic, and that is the culture I've been waiting for on Drag Race, y'all. Mm -hmm. If you do not what know what American Gothic is, go Google it. Go look in an art history book. You fucking know what American Gothic is, maybe just not by name. Yeah, that's what she's given. My love for it. And when she's asked to point to her favorite boy body part, it's the booty. And Love Connie is not having that. No asses out on here. Junami, the model, is here. And we have to learn how just to pronounce her name because TS and X are similar, but not. But Junami will tell her to call her whatever she wants for $200,000. Yeah. You know, she was playing with that. She was like, you call me whatever. I would be the same thing. Rue, you don't want holding $200,000. You call me whatever you want to call me. So is it tsunami or tsunami? Which one are we doing? Because I've always known her as tsunami. It's tsunami. It's definitely tsunami. Yeah. So we just can't talk. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, it's not a model home. It's a super model home. Dawn's turn. And she is ready to make an ass out of herself and make a moment. She tells Rue she has vegan bacon. And Rue is like, get off my front porch. And Dawn thinks they should let animals vote. And Rue wants to know who they should vote for. Not you. Deceased. <laughs> She's having fun with it. I live for it. <laughs> she made Rue laugh. So that's a one-way ticket to the finale. It is. Like, be funny. Be like, play with it. Come come rolling back to Rue with some your own jokes. Dawn will pose with a hose, and I feel like she's been used to doing stuff like that before. She, she's played around with ropes. I mean, that's what hipsters do in Brooklyn, right? 100%. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. Now, Love Connie will notice the clown on the lawn and calls her it, and yeah, Dawn will play along and chase Love Connie. 
you can tell she's here to be good television. I was okay. That was like so unexpected. She's like, I chase you, and I was just like, I, I'm done. I'm dead. Okay. We have the morphine rue ordered. She will pose the house down with the nails. She will sell Rue the lawnmower and give us the moves. And Love Connie is going to tell Morphine that she has to go to First Baptist Church. She don't like church, but church don't like her, you little heifer heathen. There it was. There it was. Moving over to Mirage, who was asked to pick up the Glamazon packages. Come on, callback. Remember the Glamazon um, challenge? Yes. I guess they said, we still have the props, so let's put it on stage. Wait, wait. Okay, this is a side tangent. You know what? You know what challenge I really want back? I want the wrestling challenge back and actually do a partnership with some WWE. I want to. I want to see that happen. The now, money that they now, would get. Okay. <laughs> some people are asking, why WWE, Jeremy? Are you a fan of WWE? I sure am. <laughs> I'm a big fan of WWE, y'all. <laughs> why is that? Is it, I mean, I know, listen, I know you like man-on-man action. We're not surprising here. But what is it about WWE? Is it the nostalgia? No, it, I think it's entertaining, right? Um, because they're all hyper-aware, and the audience is hyper-aware that it's scripted television, uh, it's storytelling in a different way. Uh, it's a form of, honestly, drag, let's be real. Mm-hmm. It's campy. Like, if y'all have not... Like during the pandemic, they were still doing shows, but to an empty audience, it's still camp. It's still yeah. camp. Um, and it's fun. It's just fun and exciting to, to watch sometimes. Now, Mirage will play with hula hoops. Now, where in the hell do they come from? <laughs> I didn't see them. Like, you know, when they were doing the pan shot, I was like, where, where is this at? <laughs> How are you at a hula hoop? Oh, I'm good at hula hoop. Ooh. Are you really? I mean, you do have the booty. I can go, I can go for a long time nonstop. I can that's say that. So that's when I say out. that, when I say that, it's more than twenty-five minutes. So, whoa, okay. This summer, coming to us live from the podcast, we're gonna make that happen. Yep, I should just go on TikTok live and be like, I'm just gonna hula hoop for like thirty you, minutes. We're gonna make this happen. Yeah, we're gonna do it. Um, Mirage as a model here, not the best. I was a little disappointed. I think there were. You can tell that there were bit unaware of their surroundings mm-hmm. and how to play with the things around them. Yeah. And last but certainly not least, Miss Safira, if you're nasty, she is walking on up there like she is one of the Jehovah's Witnesses. The good front porch light is hitting and Safira is going to work the sidewalk, which she is no stranger to. It's just the subtlety that made Rue laugh. Like we've said already, drag queen's drag queen. Yep, a drag queen's drag queen. And Rue knows this. <laughs> Now, with the queens finishing up, it's time to see what the divas look like out of Gish. Q has 40 inches of human hair, and that's called sarcasm because she has an egghead. <laughs> I had seen Q prior to this. Very, very cute with hair. That's all I'm going to say. No, I need to see these photos. I mean, Q is still cute. Q is still yes. cute with hair. Let's do it. I'm going to ask you the question. The trade of the first seven is. (laughs) 
who's going to be. <laughs> what? Who's the trade? Oh, the trade of the season. Of uh, the first seven. Ah, gosh. Mm. Mm. Mm-mm. Is it trade? But I think Mirage. Mirage is the trade for me. I agree. Trade is Mirage. That being said, Dawn is the crush. Oh, I have such a, oh my God, such a huge question. Oh my God. Dawn is so adorable. <laughs> now here's a little thing. Amanda. I had a huge crush on Amanda out of drag years ago, like pre all of drag. Um, yeah. If you see those photos, y'all will understand why I did. Um, but um, I don't love the long hair. I don't love the platinum hair. I like the the natural blonde that was there. But it's fine. It's fine. Amanda's still very cute. Adorable. A little adorable. Though Q calls Amanda the Crypt Keeper. Yeah, shade. Shade, shade, shade. Dawn is shocked by what Amanda looks like out of drag. She says she's got great bone structure, which doesn't read when she was in makeup. I guess we're having uh, another season, as we will allude to it later on, that we just want girlies who aren't sure of their face as part of a plot line on Drag Race. I know. It's... Mm. Interesting. Interesting. Choice of the word. <laughs> now, Dawn, meanwhile, goes from elf to twink, uh, which in some neck of the woods is the same. Yeah. Come on, Brooklyn. <laughs> Not you taking the, the burrow out of my mouth. <laughs> yeah. Um also she's been working on the railroad too. That look out of drag. I was like, okay, don't come for Miss RuPaul if you or if you're gonna also be a, a train conductor. Let's talk about what these queens are scared of in the challenge department. Amanda says it's the challenges she knows she's good at, to which Miss Mirage is curious to what she thinks she's good at. The girls are starting early. Um, loving it, loving it. I guess this is why having a smaller group, you're allowed to have those moments of let's naturally have a conversation as opposed to 14 people, 15 people trying to have a conversation and be the one to talk. Yep. Yep. Amanda thinks the other queens are underestimating her as she has is a studied actress, a dazzling singer, and a high energy performer. Will she be laughing at them from the winner's circle? Likely not, but you never know. We're going to find out who won the mini challenge. Conductor Rue is back to share. The winner is Safira Crystal. Do you agree? I sure do. She wins a cash prize of $2,500. I could use that right now. So Safira, just like $100, $500, either one. I'll just, I'll pay you back when I'm rich and famous. <laughs> this week, they are paying tribute to MTV's Spring Break. Now, Jeremy, don't break my heart. Are you too young to remember MTV's Spring Break? No, I, 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 I'm, I'm old enough to remember when it used to play on MTV. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then no. MTV did their little thing, and I don't know what, what happened to it. We will witness a montage where I honestly had no idea that Rue was ever part of it. Uh, the 90s were wild, y'all. Very progressive. With the spring break. Okay, y'all. Spring break, warp tour, all that. Mm, bring that back, please. Bring all that yeah, yeah. energy vibes festivals back i mean rue's been crowning winners since 1993 which is older than you way older than me way older than you fuck off motherfucker no just three years three, yeah. three years for the first maxi challenge they are transforming the stage to mtv spring break talent show hey jeremy what's your talent 
I don't have one. See, That's this, a lie. see, this is, this is, I was telling folks if I ever get on Drag Race, I got to find out what my talent is. Your talent is inspiring others. So you would be on stage and giving a very important speech. You know, speech, monologue, poetry reading. There it is. All right, racers, start your engines in the May. The best drag queen wait. There's more. In addition to a cash prize of $5,000, the winner will also receive immunity. Now, we haven't seen that on the main show since season five when Alyssa Edwards broke it by playing Katy Perry. Now, yes, I know that Deja Sky was safe from the lip sync Lala Perusa, but was that really immunity? That was a win. That was a win. That was a clear win. <laughs> I don't call that immunity. Now, for my international fans, you are saying, no, no, no. We did see immunity on Drag Race Varia on episode one, where Electra won during the first mini challenge. So it has been in the Drag Race franchise, but not on the main show since season five. But here's how this immunity is different. They don't have to use the following week in for their immunity. They can use it to save themselves in a future elimination. How does the do the mechanics of this work, though? Does it have to be said they're using it prior to judging, prior to the challenge? Can they be in the bottom and say, I'm using immunity, and then the person who was next in line to lip sync has to do it? How do you think this will work? Yeah, I'm not too sure how it works. I was even thinking about, like, damn, if each week someone gets immunity, right, then you get Or, this is a crazy question. Spoiler, we're getting to the end for a second. Is Safira never going to have to use it? Facts. I'm not even kidding. Facts. <laughs> just same. Just same. Yeah, I don't know how it's going to work. Yep. And the good thing is that you don't have to like declare early on if you're going to use it. From my understanding. So far, we don't think. We don't know. I mean, yeah, it might be one of those things where, okay, the challenge is uh, Snatch Game and you have to raise your hand and say, I want to use it now. Yep. We or it could be like, hey, you, you, you have immunity. You want to use it now? <laughs> I just hope it's not like it. Uh, it's chocolate situation where they say sashay away and they're like, no, I want to use immunity. No, 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 no. no. Okay. All right. All right. So start your engines and may the best Jack can wait. Another twist. Here she is, baby. This week, Rue will not be judging. Instead, they will be judging each other using a peer evaluation system called rate a queen. We will go into specifics of it later. But what was your initial opinion of this twist? You know, I think it's, uh, I like it, but I'm also like, how is it going to be used, right? Correct. Uh, that because you know, do you to you, and maybe the audience will be a judge to that, right? Um, like, do you rank people who are good lower on purpose? That's the fun part, and that's why it should be in every episode. But we will get to it. We will figure it out later on this season. For now, it is the day of the show, y'all. Morphine is shitting bricks about the potential elimination. Amanda wants to know what the criterion is for rate a queen. Can they vote based on friendship or strategy or who loaned them a rhinestone tank top? Look at that callback. Safira says that she has already been judging them since she got there. And Dawn asks what she considers when she has been judging them. Will they be in consideration for their talent? And Safira says, good is good. And Dawn says, what if my good isn't your good? Well, good is good. Put that on the t-shirt. Safira, just just do it. Put it, put, put your boobies on it. Good is good. Give me a tote bag. Good is good. <laughs> yeah, that, that's what it is. That's, that's what it is. 
Amanda thinks the girls will be shady with their rankifying and will stuff the ballot box. If you were in their shoes, how would you tackle the twist? Uh, honestly, maybe this is the Pisces in me. I'm a February Pisces, y'all. Mm-hmm. Uh, the nice one, not the not not the the really bad March ones. Um, you know, I'd be very emotional. So is that? But I think I, the way I would go is. If it comes to ranking, legit, who I saw do the best is the person I'm gonna put on first, right? right? There and, it is. Yeah, and you know, people would be like, "Well, it's, it's a game," and I was like, "Well, I'm playing it correctly." It's true. All right, time for a chat about who's meant to the doctor. Amanda has gotten Botox, where and morphine says she needs to get her money back as the wrinkles are still there. Oh, I would have slapped the bench if I, if I heard her say that. I would go girl but morphine has been touched by an angel dr bbl she's got a nice tuchus as q says she looks like arby's she's got the meat bbl is going to be her um claim to fame in this episode because it's mentioned multiple times is having a brazilian butt lift something to celebrate do you gotta brag about it i think or do you want people just to know it's there um, I think for folks who don't typically are genetically blessed with an ass like mine, mm-hmm. um, or others, that's something you want to brag about. Be like, you like this? Look at this. I got all this ass now. Now you, you said you have a, a wonderful, um, Puerto Rican booty. Um, I feel like Miss Morphine probably around your same height. Um, but she's of Nicaraguan descent. Does that mean Nicaraguans don't have nice booties? You know, I do not want to start, uh, any controversy <laughs> <laughs> about, about which ethnicity uh be bringing in the cakes um i'ma just say no i'm not even gonna say it all right but, we're not gonna do we're not gonna bring Puerto Rican just be having the juice <laughs> it's true it really is true Safira's ass though is real no work needed <laughs> no work needed at all listen as i've said before i have seen Safira live i've taken pictures of her live uh, there is there are a few photos I have of her in one specific look where um, I feel like she put her ass pads on her hips because that is not an hourglass. That is um, Isabel. But we, I, I'll share that photo soon because it is, it is something. Now, with the queens in half face, the doorbell rings. Whoever could it be? Is it the other seven? And just like that, it is Charlize Theron looking banging who brought a tray of Malva puddings from South Africa. I would like one, please. Have you ever had one? I've never had one, but I was like, ooh, I was not in that workroom. I'd be like, yes, give me give me some food. I'm hungry. Now, she doesn't have an accent, but I have to admit, um, South African accent is one of the sexiest accents. Gorgeous. Did you have Charlize Theron as being a Drag Race fan on your bingo card? It was not on my bingo card, but now it is. Did you also realize how fucking tall she was? No, I did not. She was taller than all of them. (laughs) Yes. Now, Charlize tells them, given the climate in the country, that there is a lot of energy toward their community non-existing and believing it comes from a place of fear. She says the beauty and truth of who you are will come out and to not give up. I don't want to cause controversy here, but I do want to question it. Did we know that she was such an ally? Has she spoken out? Because the way they presented it, it's like all the girls are like, oh my God, you're one of our biggest allies ever. I don't remember. I was unaware. 
Sure. Let's go with that. I was unaware. Well, Charlize will say good luck. Don't fuck it up. And oh, pit crew. And there are the fellas. We have Kalexo and Asaf. Did you know that Asaf has been on the challenge? Two seasons now. No, I did not know that. Yeah, I had no idea. I'm very behind on that television program. That was like... (laughs) With Charlize gone, it's time to get back to Mirror Talk, now discussing living in a small town. Q is from a small town but lives in Missouri now. She grew up in Kansas, where she says it was worse for her before she came out. She was always questioned if she was gay. Which I feel like a lot of people, that's a narrative. For me, that really wasn't. Um, I don't know why. I guess I presented mask in high school, even though I did theater and had a girlfriend. But whatever. It it never affected me. But -hmm. other people, that definitely was a conversation. I know for me, it wasn't. New York City living. And everyone saw your emo face. Oh, everyone saw that. Oh, God. Everyone. From Catholic school all the way to high school. Mm-hmm. Um, how's that uh, straight iron going? You know, <laughs> great times, good times. Now, morphine will reveal that she did admit multiple girls at once in middle school to hide that she was queer. Okay, and she has since had to hide it since her parents don't know she does drag. She has been Hannah Montana of Miami, and she has lived with them, and they still don't know. She has never left or come home in drag. It is the elephant in the room, and they suspect it, but they don't want to discuss it. They don't know that she's on the biggest television series in the world, and Morphine is ready to live her life and not worry about being caught. She's ready to be her. I feel like we're going to have a more, a lot more on this story later on this season. It's not the first time we've heard this kind of story, especially within the Drag Race universe on other franchises. What what do you what did you make of this? Because I think a lot of people watching the show who are in the community, you see morphine, especially out of drag and confessionals. You're like, what? How do they not know? Mm-hmm. It it really could be that you know I don't know what morphine does when they they get back home, um, but it might be like bare face, no makeup, um, also changing mannerisms, and if they're not treating mannerisms. It also could be the, you know, family always in, you know, family in denial and mm-hmm. like a, a tightrope that they have to like balance constantly to be like, damn, like, who can I be in, in certain spaces? And especially knowing that uh, she comes from a Latin family, which historically could be very, very conservative. Yep. Especially in Miami. I do hope we get to learn a little bit more about this. Um, I, I think I've seen a little bit on social media that huh, since then her family's found out, obviously. Um, so I'm excited to see how the journey has gone from here. We'll see. Same. I'm excited. I'm excited to see what the story can come into. Absolutely. For the first time on season 16, it is main stage time. Let's raid a room. She is wearing this stunning pink and yellow wrap gown that is just breathtaking, sherbet, tropical, and that hair, I'm going to give her first position. Yes. Of one. <laughs> I liked it. It was a really cool look. I liked it. I liked it. Should we, should I do Raideroo every week now? We should. Okay, should we're be, doing Raideroo. That, that should be a thing. Raideroo. Ra- we're doing Raideroo. There it is. I decided. 
I gotta ask, maybe you're not as perceptive as I am. Maybe it's because I watch all these shows and I'm very in tune to seeing um, little, little details. Can we talk about the lighting on Rue in the main stage? It was very soft. Like it almost looked like it was a green screen. Yeah, it looked. I saw it from my TV, so. <laughs> Did they put an extra filter on the face? What, what, what we got going on? I think it might have been an extra filter, maybe per request. I mean, because the lighting that was on Rue was not the same lighting that was on the judges. Yep. That, that was very, it was very clear to see that difference. Our panel tonight includes Michelle Visage, Carson Cressley, and Charlize Theron. I do want to make mention of one tiny little bitty thing. Carson Cressley knows the work of Miss Sophia Crystal as Carson Cressley was the host of Miss America when Sophia Crystal won. I don't know what their relationship is. Obviously, there's not been any discussion of the two at the moment, but I just want to make mention of that because I found it very interesting when it came to their critiques. So here's how we're going to do it, friends. We're going to discuss the talent show and then the runway, and we will rate a queen by giving each queen a score on their talent portion from 1 to 10. I'm throwing this on you now, so think on it as we do it. MTV Spring Break Talent Show, and we are keeping it authentic and feeling very 90s as this MTV Spring Break will be hosted by Britney, bitch. And by Britney, I mean it's Derek Berry. I mean, I guess she needed a paycheck. I mean, Rue was like, are we? Still, are you still on the Vegas show? No? Here. Come over here. <laughs> Who the fuck are they going to bring in next week for the, the, the MTV the Rue Choice Awards or whatever it's called? Who the hell is it going to be? whatever we'll see i was like can we get bianca to just be a funny host and just drag honestly them? <laughs> also did you love how they took the promo shoot images and made them into spring break tropical color palettes i did <laughs> i mean maybe i don't know not do a fucking military promo shoot next time that part okay let's begin morphine love dion she will be doing some lip syncing and a little latina dance baby why was her look the best thing she wore all episode that's a, that's a really great question. Yeah. That's a really great question. She was very sensual, coordinated, smart. I think this was a great showcase of how Morphine unites her culture into her drag. Was it the most mind-blowing? No, especially because it was very subtle in comparison to almost all the other girls. Mm-hmm. It was very subtle, very like, okay, girl, we, we get this is what you do. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I feel like you, you, you do that at the club at uh, 4 a.m., yeah. <laughs> yeah, that checks out. I'm going to give her a score of 7.5. Uh, I think it's 7 on my end. Okay, that's 14 for Morphine. A mandatory meeting. She is campy, and she wants to showcase that. Last season, we had a duck. This season, it's all about the kitty. She is very comfortable on stage, and she knows how to entertain it was a bit green in performance for, for me. There was a lot of hit and hit and hit and hit. Have you seen her kitty? It was very stupid. Very <laughs> stupid. So dumb. It was cute and dumb. Um, but I ask, are we allergic to cats like Safira? Maybe. Oh, I, I am, actually. I am, too. <laughs> what did you think of Amanda? More like a 
mm, six, to be honest. Uh, for me, rating. I gave her a 6.5. So that's oh, a 12.5 for Amanda. Even, even uh, more generous than I am. <laughs> I know. All right, Dawn. This is what I expect from Dawn. It's a bit kooky and silly, very Brooklyn. She is giving us a creature drag in a silly way. Her look was very funky. I think this showcased her quirkiness well. It was out there and a good introduction to what we can expect. It felt for me like an opening performance in a cabaret of the Dawn show. It wasn't a showstopper. And I think this moment needed to be a full showstopper. Mm-hmm. What did you think? I liked it. I It was a gay Brooklyn. I, can, I, don't know how to that. I don't know how to say that. Like, for folks who, are, who have never been to or seen performers of drag perform in Brooklyn, this is very Brooklyn. So for a, yep. New, for a New Yorker who really loves drag, this is like something typical that we would see. Um, yeah. I'll I'm give sure. her an eight. I had an eight in my head. Um, only because she gave perform. It was fun. It was fun. It was. That's a 16 for Dawn. Q. Okay, first off, how did she get permission for a full fucking set? And some of these girls literally asked for nothing. Right. I'm, Q was like, let me see how far I can ask. <laughs> and it's really interesting. The ones who had the biggest asks are the ones who got the top two. Yeah. Just saying. All right. For those who need to know it, everyone loves puppets we love puppets we love silly and q gave us both in a brilliant theatrical performance for me this was so fun nostalgic it was giving me like 90s nickelodeon vibes you know you know what i'm talking about yes i do i think her look was whimsical and the hands and the feet were just masterful at telling a story i think in a full theater we would have something even bigger but this was an accomplishment for drag race i think she was able to do something really really remarkable in this presentation i was a big fan of this oh i loved it it was fun it was camp it was campy it was campy yeah i'll give her 9.5 nine on my end all right that's an 18.5 for q mirage uh damn this bitch is sexy i love this black and neon look i think the lip sync and song was fine we all know where she's from. We all know who she's connected to. It was trying to be the next walk that fucking duck. But bitch, let's be real. This one was all about the performance. She is click clacking about and doing it so well. I think in the sense of bringing back classic drag inspiration, which we will obviously learn later that RuPaul wrote click clack about a stripper. Um, this was a smart concept. And I think this is a, a really cool way to educate a audience about performance styles. So. In that sense, I was very pleased. Is this the best of the night? No. And I think it's because it was an overall strong night. Mm-hmm. I also think it was an overall strong night. So, like, say if it was you were competing with different talents, this would be higher up. Absolutely. I'll give her an 8.5. Uh, 8 on my end. All right, that is a 16.5. Coming up now is Zunami Muse. I think Zunami is great, but I think Zunami has hype that she didn't live up to. This was a very mediocre performance, and if there was a bottom two this week, she might be following an Auntie Dahlia Sin as the first one out. Mm-hmm. This was a lip sync of an original song, but I didn't get anything exciting and new from it. And you could tell that the way that Rue is barely smiling and giving that golf clap... It was everything. She expected more. I think we all expected more. Um, 
this for me is what happens when nerves and confidence like merge together uh mm -hmm. it's like a, a a form of wow i'm in this grand stage but i'm also like a bit nervous to show off what i have so i'm not going all out but i'm also confident that no matter what i give it's gonna be good right um right. or do i think it was do i think it's on par where it needed to be no I agree. Give me your score. Five. I'll give her 5.5. Ooh, 10.5 for Tsunami Muse. Um, I think we know where her bottom two is, but let's see how this last queen goes. It's Sophia Crystal. It was so smart to do opera. I expected it. But then when she decided to give us the translation, that sent me. Fucking bitch. This was camp, all while showcasing her God-given skill, because we have seen opera on the show before. It's not accessible to everybody. If you enjoy opera, then this worked. If you don't enjoy opera, but you like laughing, amazing. Mm -hmm. Rue loves this shit, and this was a great way to kick off your tenure on Drag Race. This is her time. Call her mother, because Rue is beloved father. Yep. <laughs> I. It was so smart. It was so funny. Um, and again, like, picking back on what you said, right? Again, opera not accessible to everyone. Uh, the fact that they had the subtitles there uh, while she was performing gave it made it even much more fun um, than it would have been um, if they didn't do that. Now, friends, if you're watching and thinking that actually was the subtitles of the song, no, that's not that's not the translation. This was called comedy. And if you really think so, um, God help you. I'm going to give her a nine. Uh, I'm giving her a ten. <laughs> oh, so that means. She wins the talent portion. Yes. Based on our scores. Uh, All right, Judgy judges them. I think overall it was a, 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 a decent talent show. I think we definitely had the highs. We definitely had mids. It wasn't, no one bombed, which is always a good thing to watch. Yep. Yep. Yeah, no one, no one, no one gave energy or performances that were like, oh, this is like complete horseshit, right? right. This, they, they gave performances. And, you know, it was mid to highs. There was no lows. I don't want to say lows, but mid to highs. Obviously, based on the results later on, our top two were Safira and Q. So that checks out. Will it be the same when it comes to the looks? Probably not. Category is reveal yourself. In honor of the runway, we will play surprise or expected. All right. I'm ready. Can we also I'm retire this category from all drag race now it's played out we don't need a reveal runway we don't we don't and not everything needs to be a reveal not everything because it's at the point where there's nothing new and if it is new that means it's great but i i am bored by it i've covered i i think the statistic this year was there were 147 episodes of drag race in 2023 I think there were five or six franchises that had a reveal or a three and one style uh, runway. I'm done. I don't need it anymore. Mm -mm. I'm good. All right. Now this week, the Queen's fate lies in the hands of the competitors, but the judges will provide critiques, but then it will be up to them to rate their fellow Queens. Now, listeners of the show, you know, I usually parrot the judges critiques as well. Starting the season, moving forward. I'm not going to do that anymore. It's not necessary. I think uh, if something is important, I'll share it. 
I'll give you like a one line summary of the critiques, but listeners, if you feel passionately that you want them inserted back, please let me know. I'll consider it. Jeremy, you've been on the podcast before. How do you feel about this decision? I like it. I think it's something new, refreshing. Um, and y'all, this is a review of a show. So we know y'all saw it. We all know what the judges said, have said. Exactly. Um, and again, we'll, it, we'll incorporate it into our critiques should we need to say it. Yeah. Morphine, love Dion, no designers listed. Well, she's coming out in a towel and a head wrap and that's it. And I'm sorry, this is Drag Race. Even if it's a reveal, I need more. When she reveals the bathing suit, it was literally just that. Like, where are the stones? Where are the sparkles? It is very off the rack. I will say visually really beautiful, but she needs to give more. Yep, needs to give more. Um, you know what I really wanted to see? It would have been gorgeous if there's a gown that just popped out of nowhere um, from that towel and wrap. Like, oh, I'm ready after or, this. Or, okay, here we go. Towel to bathing suit to gown. Again, Drop yeah. those the straps and you go into a gown. Yep. You get a whole gown. The judges basically say high energy, but off the rack. For that, I will give her expected. Expected audience 18 percent surprise 82 percent expected not a great start dawn look by peretta victory yes dawn designed it but peretta made it hair by misty g quartz lashes by that's you gay here's the thing i won't buy into the cult of dawn quite yet it's not a two-in-one, it is a reveal, and I think there is a big difference between both of those concepts. This first look couldn't stand alone on its own and win anything. It was big and dumb, but it wasn't like a cohesive look for me. When she reveals into the big arm creature, I think the color story is fun. I love the way it was white and black and purple. Really cool. Certainly a cool creature feature. I know we hate comparing queens, but the long arm thing is a bit overdone, especially from quirky queens like Evie Oddly. Willow did it. We just saw Denim do it. And here comes Dawn. And this is why I hate comparing. But now we're now seeing a second iteration of this episode of Dawn feeling like she is inspired by others, which is fine. I'm all here for knowing who you are playing into that. On Drag Race History Matters, so you don't become reductive. I I don't think it was a two one. I don't think it was a, this was like a re, I don't know how to describe this this re, reveal. I will say with the long arms though, I do like the fact that I don't know if you saw it, but there were holes where her real mm-hmm. hands were at, which I loved because I could see her hands. Um but I also had I was like, we just saw you do a whole long arms thing just now in the talent show. Right. I agree. Judges, Brooklyn, I'll give it a surprise, a soft surprise. Surprise. Audience, 76% surprise, 24% expected. A mandatory meeting. Uh, it was not listed on her Instagram, but I do know that Pareta Victory and Friends made this. Poor girl had a big guffaw and had to restart her runway. And what that means to me is that this look was not crafted properly or at least put on properly it's very campy to go into this snatched body and reveal it to an alien i get the story what was this missing finesse and polish it was not quite there i think the reveal into the alien is amanda in her original and truest drag form for those who followed her this is what she did it's obviously evolved but details matter and even if the makeup wasn't the sharpest the storytelling needed to be if you're a purple alien 
the arms and legs needed to match or there had to be a reason why it was fleshed home. For me, it just wasn't a fully realized concept. Yeah, I think I think the for me concept and then just about the outfit, like she got three boobs. Why why are they so small? Make them bigger. Make them bigger. Judges say work on that makeup, comedy queen. I will give this expected. Expected. Audience, 16% surprise, 84% expected. Zunami Muse, no designers listed. I love the coat. It is beautiful for like a coat challenge. This would be a winner. But the reveal, Mama taught you how to do it her way, but you're not Mama Muse. I think this look was very mediocre and nothing killed it more than the nude illusion panel on the top. Oh my God. I think this garment could have been crafted without the panel and been a bit bolder in the fabric and it would have been a knockout. I feel like this was the Timu order of something much grander. Yeah. I agree. I agree. I I was like, we know she's pretty. We know she can walk, right? Yes. But give me an outfit that would give me a, an outfit slash reveal that leaves me starstruck on the first episode. I agree. The judges, she's House of Muse, but they wanted more. And for me, I give it expected. Expected. Audience, 46% surprise, 54% expected. Q, look by Q. Black is a hard color to do on camera, and I think being in the room, you could see the grandeur that Q has presented. We were obviously not there. It's very regal and royal and dark. It's fantastical in all the right ways. And again, either small or no hair, but this time she's relying on a headpiece. The reveal, it was crafted brilliantly. I'm not sure I understood the story. What did the colors represent? Was she an insect and a moth, a mythical creature? I just wanted to understand it a little more, but I think the craftsmanship was really, really remarkable. That craftsmanship was amazing. I think, I know this is their look. Um, I would love some good, like, wet, slick hair going back to to match that. I mean, it would give Regal, right? Um, mm mm-hmm. Um, but it was it was giving like the fact that they they put this and crafted this amazing. Judges, her look is ready for Broadway or Vegas. Good for you, Diva. I will give you a surprise. Surprise. Audience, eighty nine percent surprise, eleven percent expected. Mirage, no designers listed. Now, first off, the Miami Dolphins are teal and orange, not blue and orange. So fuck off with this teal imposter here. Um, I am the king of teal, so stop it. This was very Vegas. It's very showgirls. It was nothing original. So I feel like you could have told me this was a cut look from Kohana Montrese, and I would still believe you. I wanted to see Mirage. The execution of the reveal was fine. You knew how the mechanics are going to work. I think she is really beautiful. And from the neck up, I'm mesmerized. The rest was just a bit reductive. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had an issue with the how long it took for the reveal to to come into play, sure, or come into play to be executed. Um, it felt like it was uh, struggling to get to where the, it needed to be throughout. Um, also, that's not teal. Um, <laughs> Killed me when she when Michelle said that. I was like, oh, "Are you kidding me?" No. <laughs> No. Judges, she was she's a messy, glamorous burrito with a great reverse death drop and horography. I will give it a soft surprise. Soft surprise. Um, and also quickly, I think mm-hmm. just I think just a little bit more editing on the face. And not to say like the, the face is bad or anything, there's just too much going on when it comes to bedazzled things. Yeah. 
Audience, 75% surprise, 25% expected. Next up, Safira Crystal. No designers listed. I feel like Safira is trying to play the long game. Start off with the least exciting looks from your wardrobe to then shock us later in the season. This is Grand Dom energy in that coat. It's expected. But what she reveals to is just not as dramatic. That titty reveal, sure, fine. But it was all for what was to come. But we'll get to it. That being said, that blonde hair, breathtaking. Oh, I know I she it. can do better, and I know she will. Oh, I loved it. I loved it. Um, Tell me why. I, well, I love the, the look. I think Safira is smart not to reveal everything that she has in her hand in her wardrobe. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for me, it felt this, this felt strategic. I agree. The judges so. said she had Fisher Price, My First Boob, a.k.a. Baby's First Breastplate. Oh, and she has slew Foot. Oh, Rue loves her. It's a, a soft surprise for me. Soft. Soft surprise. Audience, 58% surprise, 42% expected. All right, now it's time to rate a queen, and we will see that they will do it in the workroom as Untucked, for now, will be backstage where it had been in previous seasons. But we'll get to it. We'll discuss how that feels later on. So how will they go about deciding their ranking? Will it be strategic or petty? Amanda says she will be strategic, as in this game, you have to play the game. Mirage says she will base her decision on who makes her laugh the most. Well, that's going to be interesting. That will be interesting. That Here will be. is why I like the concept of Raid Queen. You have two people tell you two different strategies. Both are correct. Both are fine. And that's why you're not going to have an expected top two each week if you play it this way, because everyone's criteria is different. I like this. I like it. I like it. (laughs) But there's going to be a part of it I don't like, but we will get to it. Here's what we know. I'm sure there is a jobless twink out there who has the full breakdown out on Reddit, but I am too booked to bless right now to go find it. So I don't know how everybody voted, where we plug in the pieces, but this is what we got. Q will put Safira in first position. Amanda will put Q in first position, but then bumps her to second. Barrage will give first position to Q. Safira will place Dawn in second position. Tsunami puts Safira in second position. Morphine puts Tsunami in fourth position because there is a alliance. Tsunami puts, uh, I'm sorry, fifth position is Amanda from Q. Dawn puts Tsunami in sixth position. Sixth position will be Amanda from Morphine. And Q will put Tsunami in sixth position. So essentially what we are getting here is a top two somehow of Q and Safira. Bottom two of Amanda and Tsunami. Yep. I love that we learned all of this. Same. I just I just want to know how it all broke down. Yes, the breakdown. And I also want to, it might be this is just editing. I prefer to go give me one by one versus like a hodgepodge of a editor back and forth. Because for the viewer, it's confusing. And now, I don't know if I'm trying to do an element of surprise. At, when it comes to the reveal of it, but I want to know everything right there, right now. Now, <laughs> I will be having an article revealed soon. I didn't mention it in the article because I didn't want to, but if this rate a queen is feeling similar to, I don't know, another television program, you're not wrong. 
if you noticed that the shape of the rate of rate the queen was a triangle, well, this is kind of how they do things on the circle. It does. It does. It is. And that's why I like this idea. And what you had mentioned, I think if you are a fan of the circle, it makes sense why you said it, is they go in order. So you have a better idea of how it works. I'm going to ask you on the spot to join me here as we rate a queen. Okay. I will share mine, and then you can share yours. All right. In first position, I will put Q. Second position, Safira. Third, Dawn. Fourth, Mirage. Fifth, Amanda, sixth, morphine, and seventh, tsunami. You want me to hear mine? <laughs> Let's hear it. Uh, my first one would be Safira. All right. Second would be Q. All right. Third would be Don. All right. Uh, fourth would be Mirage. All right. Would be, um, oh my gosh, hold on. Wait, wait, I got to get the names. Y'all, this is the first, this is the first season. Uh, the first new episode. Okay, so give me one second. Um, I said fifth was... You're on fifth now. You have Amanda, Morphine, and Tsunami right now. Okay, so Amanda would be fifth. Mm-hmm. Six, Tsunami, and then seven, Morphine. All right, so we're basically very, very similar to how this would have shaken up. But there's one thing that this segment gave us. And that's the T. When do we have that T-shirt and pin coming to the Wow Presents store? Give it a week. Give it a week. <laughs> Give it a week. All right. The queens are back and the results of the rank queen are in. They are having a top two where they will lip sync for the win and immunity. The top two, we agree, but not in the order, are Safira, Crystal, and Q. Did they do that because Safira was one and Q was second? Is that something we're going to be debating for years to come? I don't know. I don't know. Is it uh, what the past few seasons have been? Everyone competed like I was second. <laughs> Listen, it could be a thing. Now, there is no one going home this week. The queens who did not get told are safe. And I got to wonder, are we ever going to find out the rest of the rankings? I think we need to. I think for the show to be juicy and fun, we have to find out. So Even if to- it has no altering of anything for the rest of the season it will cause ripple effects and that's what we love someone in production leaked this someone leaked it. it all right the song is break my soul by beyonce i mean listen q showed up she said i can perform but when was beyonce and miss severe Cristal was on stage yeah gar- girl you might as well just sat on the corner and said i'm gonna watch the show this is how you know Safira is a professional based on how she started that lip sync. That's all I got to say. Okay. I think Q came out of the gate with energy. And Safira, again, is the definition of a slow burn. She gave you subtlety. She gave you face. And when she was ready to turn it out, she did. But let's discuss the moment of the lip sync. Safira's boobs broke her soul, a.k.a. her costume. And thus, those babies flapped around on that stage. <laughs> it was living. She was pl- this is how you know she's a professional. She was playing around with the fact that all right, it didn't go this way. We're going to do this instead. It worked. And she mm-hmm. took a, uh, a debilitating moment and made it work for her, her story. And, and I'm very, very excited to see that work for her. And I hope people watching who do drag want to be on Drag Race 
can see, you can take a bad moment and turn it into a victory. Mm-hmm. I think Dawn dancing in the back, giving life was us watching, but then also Rue and the table slapping was us too. Yep. <laughs> the way she was just doing that old lady slap the table, I was like, oh my God, she's living. Um, Charlize Theron got a show this week. Mm-hmm. She did. She did. Rue has decided the winner of the lip sync is Safira Crystal. She wins $5,000 and immunity. Do you agree? I agree. 100% agree. 100%. Now, I got to say, it wasn't mentioned on the show, but Maxi challenge winner and mini challenge winner. I know. She, she got, she's a cure of both. She got what? How much was the mini challenge win? 2500 7500 in one episode. Look at that. Damn, I, I could pay off my student debt. Wow. Yeah. Let's go through the highs and lows of Untucked, shall we? Yes, let's go. Let's go. Let's do this. We have a new Untucked intro package um, and a new place to play. Since we're backstage, we are going to get to see some iconic imagery like Lil Pound Cake, the shade button. There is history in the building. But I got to call out one major prop that I don't know why it was there, if anyone else noticed it. But did you see next to the House of Love cocktails that the girls picked up? There was a pie that had cherries on it. Just saying. Maybe, maybe. Don't put that on the set. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know if this is a, a a prop from a previous challenge, maybe it is. And I just can't remember it because it's clearly not as iconic, but um, I can't be the only one to have noticed it. Right. Yeah. No, you're not the only one. I was. Okay. Like... <laughs> what I also did notice is there was a lush wall. Baby loves lush. If they're a sponsor of the show, mama sponsor me too. Have you ever used a lush bath bomb? Yeah. They're so relaxing. They're so good. They're the best fucking bath bombs in the world. I know they're like fucking $8 minimum, but they're so good. And they're here. Oh my God, they're leaving hair conditioner. Wonders. We're going to start off with the niceties about the runway, like morphine and her face card. She was just nervous, but she served. Zunami feels weird about her number. They liked her personality and her face. And the girls will say that they were bopping to her song. As Dawn tells her, her number needed to match her bubbly and effervescent personality. The girls really were very critical of one another. Do you think it's because the Rada Queen was present and they knew they would have to back it up later on? I think there's that. And I'm wondering because, remember, there's one of seven of them. Mm-hmm. They were getting caught in the past few days while all this was going on. Right. So I think they knew. I think they they, they have built, had built already like a pre-existing relationship with the queens already with each other that's fair now the mirage click clack of it all shook the girls as they saw in the entrance look it did not match that performance but she says it was part of the irony of calling them trash dawn says there's something to be said about not showing your cards in the entrance but that game i believe has changed do you like when the girls truly can't predict what will happen next because again if you're preparing for season 17 you're not going to give a, a half-assed look anymore for your entrance. yes yeah. yep yep I mean, look at, we got the, it, it was when Willow came out and everyone was like, that entrance look, sorry, you're first one out. And then right. 
it's about not showing all like people are talented and don't maybe you don't have to show up everything uh, at once unless we change the format of what it looks like um when you enter the workroom <laughs> that's true now q made her look gets praise for it and she says it takes nights and nights to sew i have a feeling she's going to be enemy number one when it does come to a design challenge she will be let's talk to amanda they did not like her makeup she didn't like it either. She allegedly had not done purple face before, but I think she has maybe just not in the pressure of doing it in probably like an hour and a half to get ready for drag race to get on yep. the main stage. The girls will try to assist Amanda in understanding what the judges want her to do with her face, including the brows should be bigger, not higher. Sophia tells her she doesn't use enough of her own face. And Dawn will say that they will Marsha, Marsha, Marsha the shit out of her. Marsha X3 found dead. How would you feel if the girls critiqued everything about you on day one? I had this conversation with someone and I said, I'd be happy, especially knowing that no one's going to eliminate it right now. Um, I'd be happy. I'd be like, uh huh, I'm going to take all that feedback in. Uh, because I think as audience members, right, and folks who don't really consume drag the ways in which you and I consume drag. Right. Uh, Drag race is also about learning who you are. You know, I think everyone expects you to be 100% perfect. And maybe that's that's what it takes to win. Uh, but some of these, these performers are literally learning too while they're here, right? And they all have different levels of experiences. And if someone who knows how to do brows and it's telling me, wow, my face will look so much better if I just made them longer, right? Versus so high arch that opens up my face to make me be competition. I'm going to take that in. Absolutely. I mean, we do have to realize that the show of Drag Race has evolved as social media and and consuming the show has evolved. Um, yeah, Amanda in an early season would be definitely the first one out. But because she brings a performance prowess and a personality that very few have, she has longevity. So they would give her a growth arc. You're not going to see that on the early days of Drag Race. And I think that's something really cool to watch. Amanda has been doing drag since 2021, and then Mother Sophia will come in with a line. Your personality is so much better than your drag. And yeah, that took a lap around the room. Like, you gotta stand for that one. Mother, you can't say that! I died. That That's, uh, like, Auntie coming in and saying saying the truth and then walking outside, walking away. <laughs> and that's the thing. It's like, I, I, I don't know the actual age difference between the two of them. But th this is definitely Safira to the girl who's done five gigs in the dressing room of Stonewall being like, okay, this is what you need to work on. I'm not telling you because I don't like you. I'm telling you because I want you to be a star. And I think yeah. that is, I hope what the audience got out of it. I can see a lot of people thinking she was villain for it, but I think um, Amanda basically knowing it's out of love and saying that is important. Yes. It's not taken as a read, but it's, it's honesty. Um, wait, also, can I make a, a quick side note? All the it. folks on Twitter just dragging and just spreading negative energy to the queens for things that were filmed many, many months ago. Y'all need to stop. <laughs> um, the, Welcome like, to the Drag Race fandom. Like, just I what what it's going to be upset is like folks saying racist things and things like that targeted other queens. I'm going to need you to stop. Um, it's disrespectful. And also, it like, sure is. Harmful I to mean, people who like literally don't intend to go on a show to be harassed 
Right. And, and, and you have to understand where these keyboard warriors are coming from, but th this has been one of the more um, inclusive seasons of the show in a very long time. Yep. We haven't talked about it because we haven't gotten all 14, but we have five queens of Latina heritage mm -hmm. for the first time ever. Yep. It shouldn't be a first now, but it is. Yep. And you know that you're going to have people coming for them for it. Mm -hmm. So yeah, stop. Don't do it. Let's not do it. It's yep. a reality of the show. Now, Severe tells her that when she looks in her eyes, she is present. And when you are present, it's easy to connect despite the brows and the folded breastplate. But don't you worry. Dawn will come for Severe's breastplate hanging out as well. At least little Miss Dawn can talk to her too. But Safira and her talent, the girls tell her she is gorgeous, she can sing, she is funny, and Tsunami questions if they are on Queen of the Universe. Rest in peace. I can't believe that line stayed in. And I still can't believe that uh, World of Wonder changed the Queen of the Universe account to the pit stop. I still think that's so offensive to all the queens who have competed on Queen of the Universe and all of the staff who was part of making that show. Bullshit. Give them their respect. But whatever. Safira is an old school drag queen. She was floored that Rue got her and called her that kind of queen. Dawn is excited to be there with Safira as a newer queen, but she has been in her head all day. She knows her number read well, but she was shook that they understood her perspective and point of view. Do you think that Dawn is going to be that queen who's like, oh my God, I don't know how I did. Oh my God, they love me. I'm fine. Uh, I don't think, I don't think Dawn gives that energy. Yeah. I don't think they do. You think she's authentic. I think she is. I can see it. I definitely think it. All right, let's talk about who they think is in the bottom. Obviously, at this point, they don't know how things are going to shake out. Tsunami says it's safe to say it's her and Amanda. They all seem to agree. Who would go home? Well, Tsunami says Amanda, but the other says it depends on the song. Okay, could we talk about the mechanics of how we know Drag Race works? Wouldn't they have all known already that the track was Break My Soul? Yeah, they would know. They would have known. And Amanda would have known she would have been destroyed by Tsunami. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Q will be told she got the best critiques, but Dawn says she didn't get a bad critique, but Q's were better. So I think Dawn is trying to find that number two position in the conversation because, again, at this point, no one has rated a queen. So she's trying to pitch her case. Do you wish they pitched their case a little bit more in this Untucked? I sure That's do. juice. I sure do. Q will say that she got immunity, she would use it for Snatch Game, as who knows how it can go. And she also knows that she struggles picking up choreography, so it could be used there. Mm -hmm. But we got to bring Charlize Theron back again, because we got to milk all the time of her on set. Yeah. And let's be real, she's not filming a movie anytime soon, she's got nothing to do. She will say, what's the tea? And the girl who thinks she is pink, no girl, you're purple, uh, says that she's bad, she's bad, she's great, just kidding. Dawn, I like her. She's really good TV. She is. She is. I. She's so good. She's so sweet. She's so sweet. She is. Sweet little elf. <laughs> Charlize says that she took the moment to guest judge as giving them something that was given to her. She hopes they took it with admiration and respect and utter joy to be there. She loves being surrounded by people who make her hear them. And if you can't learn something every day, what are you doing? She also wishes she had the confidence of the queens. Now, Q tells her that it's important people of her caliber support trans people and drag queens. And Charlize tells them she has two small children and wants 
wants them to grow up in a world where they know how to accept something that is different and to love and embrace it and not be scared of it. Okay. I really want to know what she did after filming. Same. Same. I literally don't know. I'm not saying she hasn't. I'm just curious. Mm-hmm. I hope she's done a couple things. We'll see. I can't, like, oh, girl, I better see you out for this 2024 election doing stuff. Mm-hmm. She tells the girls that they worry about them as people, talking about how powerful it is to love and how powerful it is to hate. One destroys, one builds, different sides of the same coin. Now, Dawn will come in and ask for advice about fame and how she came into it. And Charlize says that it's weird as she was raised in a small farm town in South Africa and had people pry into her life that didn't feel loving and she tried and they tried to break her down. She is still not used to it and also mentions that they didn't have cell phones and things she would have been canceled by now. As Dawn says, there's still time. That's a really cool and interesting perspective because again, Charlize Theron was around the 90s was her big um, uh, rise to fame. Do you think it is harder for celebrities to make it unscathed nowadays if they start now? I think so. Do you I, think Charlize didn't have necessarily the right answer for them because she hasn't experienced that kind of thing? And I, I think exactly exactly to that point. Um, and the reason why I say this is like, damn, this social media, folks on social media don't let nothing go. <laughs> yeah. Um, like, I don't want to say over things are overreactions or some things that are so overreacted to yeah. um, that don't take into consideration people's time and growth and energy that they put in to make sure they're not doing that again. Um, that that just completely gets disregarded. You mess up once, you're done forever. Like what? <laughs> it's true. Now, Safira is a language buff and wants to hear how to say slay queen in African. I can't even get through Portuguese, so I'm not even going to try to say what she said. And also because here in America, things get bleeped out. Thanks, MTV. I know. <laughs> well, she's leaving. We get to talk about the Rated Queen. And Safira believes she, Q, and Dawn are the top three. Will that be how that shakes out? Depends on how they're doing things. And we will see the behind the scenes of how this works. Sadly, no lipsticks, just a video monitor. I kind of wish they had like a giant iPad that they can just like move things around, but um, that costs money for a twist that will likely be gone in two weeks. Right. <laughs> Overall, you know what? This was a fun episode. I think this is a really cool way to kick off the season. I'm glad we had enough time to meet our first seven, uh, learn a little bit about them and see how they present their drag for this new season. I'm happy. I'm satisfied. I'm satisfied and I'm really excited for the next batch of folks um because i think with, especially with this episode and also like looking back at looking this week at social media this weekend social media from from the queens that were on uh really excited i think this could be a really lovable season we will find out i got some burning questions the wrap of this podcast are you ready I'm ready what is the legacy of this lip sync lip sync legendary that's all i gotta say <laughs> boobs Boobity boobity boob. The boobs just slapping. Yeah. Slapping. All right. Seven new queens arrive. I want you to give me one name. One name you are most looking forward to seeing. Next week. Mm-hmm. Uh 
I'm name? Oh, plasma. It's plasma. I'm excited. To see yeah, plasma. it's plasma. I'm very, very excited for my girl plasma. Uh, friends of the podcast, you know she's been on this podcast before, and you know, you know the girl is opinionated. I can't wait to see how that goes on TV. It's gonna be great. It's after I, one episode, the winner of the season is Safira. Yeah, I mean, for me, that's definitely where it is. I think she got an incredible edit. Yes, we've discussed maybe all the people not feeling the same. Are we slightly biased? Yeah. But I think she really represented her drag well. I think she represented old school drag well. And I think she represented what it means to be a powerful black drag artist very well. Yep. We'll see if mother calls her mother. Where can we find you on social media, Venmo, and any projects you want to plug? Yeah, you can find me on Venmo at Jeremy-Torres-5, Instagram at Rootless, R-O-O-T-L-E-S-S underscore youth. Um, And the same goes for Twitter uh, without the underscore. Rootless youth without the underscore. Well, Jeremy, this is 2024. You did not succeed at what you told me you were going to do in 2023, but 2024, I do expect some drag out of your... You're, you know what we're going to do? You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to set time aside on my weekends, mm-hmm. practice some makeup, use that wig that, that you face. got me, do use it. that wig that you got me, and take some photos, and I'm going to post them on Instagram. Listen, even if I have, if you just got to do it on the close friends, so no, not everyone sees it, at least yep. somebody will see it, and, and, and they'll be, oh my God, you'll get the encouragement, and you'll be like, okay, I want more praise and glory. I've got to do it, baby. Yep, and I'll take, surely take some advice from you know the queens that i know in the boston absolutely to be like what do you need to do differently (laughs) drag race season 50 i'm kidding 25 25 25. we'll go 25 well jeremy i know you will be back later this year for another franchise and another franchise until all the franchises franchise but this one was fun thank you so much for being here Thank you so much for having me and y'all keep watching the good shows and listen to this podcast because they good.